0: What got you there? We got you, got you. What got you there? with shunned a lady. Got you there. with uh-huh. shunned What got you there? with shunned a lady. Got you there. We shunned <welfare> There with
1: Sean Today to on with What
0: Got You There, Sean you there is joined by Sean Mike Delaney. Luzio. Mike is a self-made Delaney. entrepreneur, self-proclaimed hustler, and former CEO who bootstrapped his first business, Industry Retail Group, in 2004 with just $15,000, and in 2016, sold the company for more than $50 million. A graduate of the University of Maryland, Mike continues to service client businesses to deliver optimal performance by human capital consulting and strategic investment opportunities at the helm of the LVE Group.
1: Mike, thanks for joining us today. How are you making out? I'm doing all right, man. Just coming off a brutal workout with my trainer, Sergey. So uh, the good news is my, my mouth is all right, but my legs are killing me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so is that something you're implementing every day, some physical activity?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I've always been a gym rat. I mean, I've been working out since I was fourteen. Like a legitimate gym rat, right? So like six days a week, never miss a week. Probably my whole life. Uh, and recently I've gotten into because I'm getting older, right? And I got, you know, I got uh, the same routine of you know throwing up, you know, bench pressing and squat. I just kind of was getting old, and I uh, about two years ago I walked into a gym in Red Bank, New Jersey called the Underground Gym, where there's Two crazy Belarus trainers, Sergey and Greg, and I love them to pieces. And they said, "Look, we we want to you know help you." And I, and I wasn't I wasn't out of shape; it's just my shoulders were hurting and what have you. And yeah, listen, I got into uh, kettlebell uh, kettlebells with these guys, and that's all I really do now. And it's uh, it's been great for me. My joints never felt better, and they they beat the shit out of me in there, so that works well too. Oh no, that's awesome. I mean,
0: you mentioned starting at fourteen. So what were you like as a kid? Were you kind of always nose, the grind, getting after
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people ask me the question, was I, did I have an entrepreneurial spirit? And and look, I, I really don't think I did. Right. I grew up, my father was in law enforcement. My mother was a teacher. So I didn't grow up with this, certainly with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, we were, we were middle-class, uh, you know, three kids in the family. Um, I was always high energy without question, Uh, you know, since I was probably coming out of the womb, right? I was high energy and I was always talkative. You know, I did well in school, but, you know, the only things I I struggled with was, you know, not behavioral issues, but I just like to talk a lot. Right. Um, Always wanted to be the best. You know, I was a decent athlete, Uh, you know, played, uh, you know, played football, played basketball, just like any other kid straight through uh, football, straight through the end of high school. Uh, you know, I I was one of these guys who wasn't afraid to try new things though. Like, uh, I was like the captain of the football team, but I also was one of the leads in the school musicals. Right. And I loved it. Right. It was always interesting because when my, when I went out for the school musicals, my sophomore year, the musical was a chorus line and everyone was like, dude, why is this football guy, you know, is this big football guy going out and going to sing and dance? And the answer was, you know, uh, I wanted to step outside my comfort zone. You know, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed what musicals and I said, you know, I'm going to go do this. And like, if someone's like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm going to say, look, you know, uh, I'm stepping outside my comfort zone. So I think early on, you know, I had that, you know, I wasn't afraid to try something new. So this was, I wasn't this business minded guy, but I wasn't afraid just to be myself. Right. I didn't want to conform to who other people thought I should be. And I think that suits me well in my, or suited me well in my business career and where I'm at today.
0: I mean, that's just unbelievable. You think about most kids today and the pressures of social media and what it's like growing up. And I mean, you're rarely seeing a lot of these kids step outside their comfort zone like you were doing. I mean, what was your internal talk like prior to that? Prior to being the football guy and in the musicals, were you were you even like that from a very young age? Yeah, yeah. You know
1: what it was is you know, when we when I moved to New Jersey when I was a kid. I was in third grade. Um, my parents are both from Ohio. Um, so I sound like a Jersey kid and I am a Jersey kid, but I actually moved here when I was seven from, uh, from the Midwest. When we got here, uh, you know, it was culture shock, certainly for my parents to move to New Jersey. It's different than the Midwest. It's faster. People talk faster, a lot more going on. Uh, that was the early eighties and I had a teacher, uh, her name was, uh, well, we'll say her name. Uh, she said to my mom in the parent teacher, first parent teacher conference, she said that, uh, you know, Michael has to understand that he can't be the best at everything. And my mother said, well, isn't that what you want? Don't you want your son or daughter to try to be the best at everything? She goes, yeah, but he has to understand he's not. And my mom came home and told me that. And she said, you keep trying to be the best at everything. And look, like I was, I had realistic goals in my life. Like I was a really, I was, I was a good football player. I was an all state football player, but you know what? I wasn't that next level. Right. And I knew that I knew there was no NFL in my future. Right. I mean, I think a lot, what happens and struggles with a lot of kids is they have unrealistic dreams, and unrealistic goals. You should absolutely have goals. But if your goal is, hey, I want to play in uh, professional baseball or basketball. It's like, dude, the, sh- the odds of those things are like one in a million or whatever they are. And it's like, find realistic goals, set them and go after them. So I was always a goal-oriented person uh, since from a very young age. I mean, I can remember, you know, being in class in sixth grade with my friend Dan O'Rourke. And there was this, uh, we had a contest that you had to do for the whole uh, for the whole semester or whole year or whatever it was. And I sure as shit was not going to lose that contest. <laughs> and, and everyone was like, why do why, why, why you want to win so bad? And it just, I think my whole life has just been, you know, I think people doubt me and me trying to prove them wrong. And maybe that's just in my mind. But at the end of the day, I still feel like that.
0: I mean, you mentioned, mentioned goal oriented. Are you writing out those goals? Or are they just kind of in the back of your mind?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny when we started the first business, it's great. You know, I had. um it was, the business plan was written on a on a napkin, and that is no has God's honest truth. It was with two of my mentors, uh, Frank Ahern and John Cunningham, along with my former business partner Joe Manzari. We were at Spark Steakhouse in uh, New York City, uh, 2003. It probably was right around that time. And Frank and John, I went to Frank and John because they were owners of a, a business called BCM One. It's a it's about a hundred million dollar business now. They're still mentors of mine. And uh, I said look I, I've got an idea for a business I, and Joe and I laid it all out and they said and I said hey we take you to we'll take you out to eat and can you show us how to make it happen and and, and to their thing, they they paid it forward. they were great they, they sat there for like six seven hours we were it was the time you could still smoke cigars in New York City inside smoke cigars drinking red wine and 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 eating at sparks and uh, we wrote it all there we had our business <laughs> plan on napkins and we set our goals right there so you know I don't know if I'm a big you know, put my goals on paper. I mean, I think I'm more just, you know, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about people who have uh, ideas, but everyone has ideas. You have to know how to execute, you know, I'm an executor. Right. And, and one thing that I, one thing that I really do well is I can make decisions. I think when you're an entrepreneur or you're a leader, you have to be able to make decisions. A lot of people, that sounds very, very easy when I say that, but you know, there are times in your life when you have to say, I'm either going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. You can't kind of flounder and be in between. And And I have a, that is one of my probably core strengths that I have the ability to do that. And I think that's important quality to have.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you can tell just by talking to you. I mean, your ability to articulate things quickly and then assess the scenario and then go with it. I mean, it's, it's just great hearing that come from you. And I want to talk more about your original business, IRG, how you started it. I know you mentioned back in 2003, 2004, you guys write out this business plan. I mean, how much funding did you have going into this? How did this
1: all come to be? Yeah, no funding, my friend. Uh, you, know, we, uh, you know, I was 26 at the time the idea was, uh, you know, the concept came to me actually the original idea was not my idea. It was my business partner, Joe's. And, uh, he came to me and said, look, I think this is a a business idea that could work. Um, you know, not boring everyone with the details, but at the end of the day, what it was, was, you know, putting, uh, putting broadband into retail stores, you know, internet inside of retail stores in 2004, no one thought anything other why would the retail store need internet inside it well obviously now we all know why they need it inside but you know and tons of internet and big bandwidth and wireless points access points and what have you but he kind of came with that idea and he said i think we could do it um i was uh I, I, was, I had a really good job i i I'd never not made six figures i came out in the dot-com boom in 98 when everyone was making money i was working in northern virginia which was basically silicon valley west at the time uh and we were i was crushing it, man. I was a sales guy, killing it, like making serious money for a kid who's 21 years old. And uh, the market crashed. And, uh, you know, you had to kind of find a real job. Uh, I went to work for a, a multi-billion dollar organization, sales side. You know, I was they gave me a pretty big sales position at a young age, 24. And I was grinding it there. And I was you know, doing well, President's Club, all that good stuff. But it was, you know, I, it just wasn't that fulfillment, right? I just didn't feel like uh, you know, uh, I just didn't feel everything was right for me. And it wasn't that I felt that I was better than the people there, There's great people there. I just felt I had more to offer. Right. But I still didn't have this entrepreneurial bug. My thought process was in my early twenties was, Hey, I'll stay at one of these companies and I'll stay there for a couple of years and I'll move on. And then I'll, f- I'll be the CEO of a company one day. So thinking that was my path. It wasn't this, you know, even at 21, 22, 23, that I have this, Hey, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business. It really wasn't like that. And I, I've said that in speeches when we talk conversations with people and they're like, seriously, you know, you weren't coming out of the womb wanting to uh, be an entrepreneur. And the answer is no, it kind of fell upon me. Uh, at, at, and I was like, you know what? I looked at myself and where I was, I put some dollars in the bank. I certainly by any means wasn't rich. Uh, and again, we already know I didn't come from money, but it was, uh, Hey, let me, uh, uh, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Cause what's the worst thing that could happen to me? I said, well, you know what? I'll do this two, two, three years. If I don't make it, I'll just pop back out and I'll go back into sales. I'm I'll still be, you know, under thirty. I'll still be very hireable. Uh, I knew I could go back making six figures in sales. So I said, you know what? Now's the time. You know, I just gotten married. I didn't have any kids. I'm like, if there's an ideal time for me to do this, it's uh, it's now. And it was like, you know, the aha moment uh, was, um, we were in a, um, we were in a, uh, Madison, New York city and typical Monday morning sales meeting for New York city. Uh, and a guy comes in and there's bagels on the, uh, um, bagels out that they're serving, you know, the bagels and cream cheese and butter and whatever. And he's touching every bagel. Right. And I'm like, and I go, what are you doing, man? And he's like, well, I want to get the best firmness. I'm like, bro, you know, like other people need to eat those bagels. Right? That was it, man. I mean, I, I had a few choice words, which I won't say on here, but that was it. I walked into the GM's office, who was a great guy. <laughs> and I said, just touched every bagel in there, man. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> the bagels, they did it. <laughs> yeah. It was a bagel. I mean, look, I look, it was coming, but when he started touching the bagels, I'm like, this is not the work environment I'm putting myself in for the rest of my career. So that's, that was my, kind of that was the, the, that was the thing that put me over the edge yeah I know it's true though I've said that a lot of times people are like that hey, you're making that shit up and I'm like no I'm really not he was grabbing them and you know like you know caressing them <laughs> what the is going on here, man? I, I
0: mean you mentioned fulfillment I would love to dive into that for a second because I think so many people these days they just aren't truly fulfilled in what they're doing but so many people are afraid to take that leap and and go after that dream per se and, and you're here someone who's done that I mean what do you say to those people who are thinking of taking that leap and doing that
1: Look, I, I, say, I think I sent this text to somebody the other day, like, what, what defines insanity to me? And, and look, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this insanity to me is that person who goes to their job every single day for, let's call it eight hours, you know, nine to five with a lunch break or eight to five with a lunch break or whatever. They commute into New York City. And, you know, if you live where I live in Central Jersey, you know, while it's only 38 miles from my house, it's, it's usually, depending on how you're getting into the city, it's going to take you an hour to an hour and a half. You're going in, you're going out, you're sitting in commuter traffic. You're, and listen, I get it. You know, you have to do stuff in order to feed your family. But man, and then you go in and you hate your job. I'm like, dude, you do that eight hours a day, then add the commute to that. So you're talking about 10, 11 hours a day that you're miserable, and you times that times five days. So you're talking about 60, you know, 60 hours a week of misery. And then you talk about four, you know, four weeks. You know, that's 240 hours a month of misery. Dude, like if there's a way and you've got something and you've got a burning passion to do something. Give it a shot. You know how much happier you'll be in life when you're doing something that you love to do. And I, listen, I'm not necessarily preaching that everyone goes out and quits their jobs and and starts a company. I mean, that'd probably be anarchy if that happened. <laughs> but but you know, find something that you really like to do. And, and listen, I, again, I, I don't come for money. I know how important it was when I was a kid that. You know, at the end of the month, you know, my parents would do the bills or my father would do the bills. And like he had to make ends meet, three kids living in New Jersey, coming from the Midwest. I mean, My father was always bitching about shit costing too much and what have you. And I was, and, it, and he loved what he did. But, you know, it's hard. So I'm not here advocating, hey, everybody go into their boss and say, you know, you know, guys touching all the friggin' bagels. I, I'm just saying. Find something that you love and sink your teeth into that because you know how much more fulfilled you'll be, you know, on the weekends. Because then, you know, I had a guy, I sat with a guy, a friend of mine, and he said he used to do absolutely nothing on Sundays. Like he would sit and try to bore the shit out of himself on Sundays so he could want to possibly go into work on Monday. I'm like, Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. You Remember what he did? <laughs> Dan, I mean, I, was like, I swear to God, I mean, you ever want to put him on a podcast? You might like, <laughs> sleep, right? When he's telling that story, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" He goes, "I would literally sit in my bed." And I'm paraphrasing again, but I'd sit in my bed under my covers and try to get as bored as possible, so that maybe I had a sliver of happiness walking into work the next day. I'm like, "Dude." no way to live. And he changed his stripes and he, and he found his true passion and he loves what he's doing now. So I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him for that, but you know, there's people like that. And when I heard him say that, I'm like, that's no way for somebody to live.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely no way for someone to live. And I mean, you did such an incredible job with industry retail group, but I'm more interested in what you're currently doing. So can we kind of just talk about how you went from 2004 to then having a successful exit in 2016 with the company and then kind of what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, yeah. So what what kind of happened with me was I um I had I, I, I was in, a, in, a, in an odd situation because I certainly I, I made enough money where I was we were good, my family was good and, and what have you. But I I've got this fire inside my belly and what have you that I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm 39 years old really at the time of the exit, and I'm like. uh, what 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 am i going to do here the rest of my life like i you know i knew i didn't want to go i had some offers to be ceos of companies that were like 15 20 million they said come in and run this company we'll exit at 100 you'll get a piece we'll pay a nice salary and i'm like okay i could do that and then i'm like ah, do i feel like like traveling around the world selling or or pitching or leading a company i don't really even like i'm like no 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 i work too hard and, and my, my family sacrificed too much with me on the road all the time. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And, and I, so I, I decided, all right, I get a, maybe I'll write a book. Like, because I've got this unique personality, you know, I, I, I ran a, Technology company, but I'm not a technologist, right? I understand technology, but I'm by don't confuse me for a systems or a networks engineer. That ain't <laughs> happening, all right. But I was smart enough to surround myself with really, really talented people, and and to grow that business. I could never have been successful without the people that I had. So when I'm at the tail end of 16, I'm like, you know what? I want to write a book. I want to write a book because I want people to recognize that. Even a kid from, you know, middle-class background who's not a technologist, who's got a kind of a unique personality, you can go out there, and, and I want to show everyone I, I did this, and not because I want to pat on the back, because I want to inspire people. I want people to read that book and say, damn, man, this guy did it his way. You know, Sinatra says, you know, do it, do it his way. I, mean, I did it my way, and, I, and, it, and it worked, right? So I didn't have to conform. So I, I said, I'm going to write this book. So I meet this person. Uh, a guy at a uh, a restaurant who I won't get into details, but he said, do you know a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk? And I said, I have no idea who Gary Vaynerchuk is. And he said to me, well, you talk like him, you act like him and you've got similar backgrounds. You're about the same age. You should check him out. And I'm like, all right. So I did. So I like looked at his stuff and, and I was like, oh, this guy's pretty interesting. I said, I'd love to talk to this guy. And, you know, Gary's, you know, he's big time, and I guess. And I said, ah, I'll send him an email, right? And I put something in the subject line that I thought would grab his attention, which it did. Uh, and I, and, I, and he, his assistant emails me back and said, Gary wants five minutes with you. And I said, okay. So he calls me from LA. I was at my house at the time in New Jersey. And he gets on. And two minutes into the conversation, he goes, oh my God, forget it. I got to meet you in person. I, this is crazy. He's like, I, I actually feel like we're similar and I don't say that about a lot of people. So I meet with Gary and I'm like, he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And he's, I said, I write this book. He goes, well, if you write the book, no one knows who you are. So no one's going to buy it. Maybe you, you get lucky and you write some amazing book and what have you, but No one's going to know yours. So you got to think about social media. And I don't know anything about, I certainly didn't know anything about social media. So Vaynerchuk says, you know, come in and meet my team. So I go in, you know, free of charge. I meet all his millennials, you know, all under 30 in a room. And, And Gary's like, this guy's out of his mind. He goes, he might be crazier than me. And I'm like, and we start going through this and and, and he's like, you gotta do something with social media that is uh, evergreen, over and over. So we're like, all right. So I'm like, maybe we'll do this thing on Facebook called 52 American Success Stories where I kind of go out and talk to entrepreneurs and tell their stories because you can only hear my story you know, over and over before it gets boring. And I'm like, there's so many great stories out there. So I said, all right, forget about writing the book. We'll shelf that. My business partner, Chris, quit his job. He was editor in chief of a, of a B2B magazine in New York City. And I said, look, we'll put in a really cool consulting business. I've got all these great contacts out there. Uh, I never screwed anybody over. And we'll go find great technology companies and we'll uh, we'll put them in our like uh, don't compete with my non-compete. We'll sign agreements with those guys, and we'll go out to all my contacts and say, look, I vetted a lot of really great companies. You should be looking at these guys, and and I get paid by those companies. So it's a really cool consulting side of the house, and it's easy for me to do because I've got a really good network of people that I know in the retail space, and I never screwed anyone over. I mean, that's an important thing. I think that I, I could have taken shortcuts. I was building IRG but we just never did man. I mean there were angles that we could have taken that were a little bit, you know, precarious or what have you, but I always wanted to be able to look myself in the mirror at the end of the day and say I did it right and I didn't screw anybody over. And I did and I had kids at the time. You know, I I have 3 kids now and it was like I needed to be able to kiss those kids at night and have a, a clean conscience, you know? And that's kind of how I was raised, you know, by my parents. You know, they were strict but fair but you know, it was always do the right thing. And I'm not saying I'm some sort of martyr. I'm just saying I did the right thing. So I said, all right, let me go build a consulting business uh, that can be really cool, which we're doing. And then let me go invest in other businesses. Right. I'm like, I got all this dry powder. I'm like, I know how to build businesses. Let me use not only uh, not only uh, dry powder, but use human capital, you know, to to help go in and find great companies. So part of putting all this stuff on social media was let me let me look for some great companies that I might want to be a part of. So now we're building this consulting firm that's got you know I'm doing consulting for retailers, which is great. We're doing great there. We're investing in businesses, which is great. We're doing some exit. Uh, consulting, which is companies who are looking to potentially exit and want to get the biggest bang for the buck. Bring me in, let me show you how to increase your multiple. So we're using all the skills and the relationship that I developed while I was running IRG. And we're just moving it over to a new business called the LVE Group. L standing for it, V versus E, everybody. Luzio versus everybody group. It's gonna be lean. It's, we're gonna, I think we're really launching it. It's already making money. We're already profitable as a business, but we're launching it on April the 9th. We'll do it on LinkedIn via big post. We got a kind of a cool thing coming out. So I'm excited to, to do this again. And, you know, but I'm also spending some time, more time with my family, certainly. And if I need to take a day off because I want to see my kids or I want to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, I mean, I'm not going to work myself to the bone like I did before, but the the but the truth of the matter is, you know, that's kind of in my DNA and I, I love working. I just, you know, some people love, you know, I don't know, dancing or some people love, but you know, whatever. I love work. I just, I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, you would hear the passion in your
0: voice. I mean, you love working so much. What is it like the day after uh, you sell IRG? Yeah,
1: so I, I've got asked that question before, and, and I, it's really, really simple. When the final deal went down on um, August 15th of, uh, the real deal, you know, the original deal was August 15th of 13, and then we worked there to transition, but the day after we sold August 15th of 13th, I, I get up early, I don't sleep, but, you know, three, four hours, I always would get up really early and work before my kids got up. Uh, generally, working in my home office in my basement. And uh, it was six o'clock in the morning on August 16th. I found myself at my computer working, and I, I am, Joe, my business partner, and he, I'm back. I said, "What, what are we two lunatics doing here? Like we've already we just cashed out, <laughs> and we're like, yeah, fuck okay, it, another day, another dollar." And it was just like, "Hey, man, that was it." That's I mean, we who went, you are? And yeah, yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't some big celebration. You know, I did promise my wife that I'd take it to Hawaii for, you know, 10 days and the three kids. And and we did go to Hawaii like a month later or maybe, maybe, actually it was a year later. I was I totally screwed up. It was the next August, so a year after. So the big thing that I did, my family was uh, we went to Hawaii a year later. I mean, and spent way too much money in Hawaii. My kids under 10 years old, all three of them flying first class, nonstop to Hawaii. And my son, he's like, yeah, this is pretty nice. He said, buddy, I didn't go on my first plane until I was 20 years old. Here you are flying first class to Hawaii. Take it easy, pal. You know, so that was it. Today, what got
0: you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soneva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack, perfect before a workout or a study session. Their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their Cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you too as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. Yeah, no, I mean, I I was assuming an answer like that was gonna come from you. I mean, just the way you're wired. And and you mentioned what you're doing now with 52 American Success Stories. I really enjoyed watching those. I mean, short, sweet, condensed segments. And it's cool to kind of see the different entrepreneurial journeys. And and I love your interviewing style and, and what you're getting out of those. I mean, any companies really come front of mind to you that you really enjoyed sitting down with?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, look, I'm one of these guys who just gets a rush and a rise out of people who have done really cool things. Even if they're, even if they're, you know, we sat down with a friend of mine, his name is Colin Day. He runs a $200 million company called iSIMS here in New Jersey. He's pretty awesome, right? He was a founder. He built it up 200 million in sales. I mean, that's, that's sick. Right. But then I also, I also love the, the, the smaller stories, the Chrissy Waldman story. I mean, Chrissy Waldman was this woman who was a you know, she started a dog walking business, right? And you're like, oh, that's not sexy. And whatever, because, you know, she felt a need that people were, needed dog walking in her neighborhood and outside of Baltimore. And uh, her story's great, because by, it's longer, I'll make it real short. She has over 250 dogs now and a whole team and a staff, and she's built this business. And you're like, you know, a guy Jerry South said to me, who who parks cars. Well, now he started parking cars in 1988, and now he's got a $300 million uh, valet company. And it's like, Tell me something you do every single day of your life that you can turn into a multi-million-dollar idea. You know, she was she was walking a dog and said, hey, I see a need for this. And then now she's got a whole team. Jerry South parked a car at the Hilton and then went in or the Hilton or the Marriott. I can't remember which one it was in Annapolis and said, hey, you know, I could probably put together some guys to park cars. Well, I said to Jerry, how many cars did you park last year? And he goes, uh, oh, I think 25 million. You know, you're like like. <laughs> Like, holy shit, man. And you're like, wow, that's it. And there's so many of them, man. I just, I love it when it bleeds out of them uh, and you can feel it. And there's times too when, you know, I sit down with companies and, you know, they just don't have it. And, you know, I don't say that to them, but, you know, I'll sit down. I'm like, man, I don't think you're going to make it in my mind. I'll tell my team, you know, cause I'm a big bet on the jockey guy, right? Like, you know, if the jockey really wants it and has a good idea, well, that's a business we should probably invest in. Right. It, it, but if the, the jockey is waffling a little and isn't sure of himself or herself, it's like, dude, I, I can't be a part of that. I need people like me, uh, and, and, you know, to be on their train. I, I, I need that. I
0: need that. It's very important. I mean, are there any other common threads you're looking for, or is it solely, hey, if this doesn't meet the eye test right away, this jockey, then it doesn't even matter after that. We're not in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, people ask me, do you want to stay, do you invest within your comfort zone, which is IT? And I'm like, no, I mean, I would, but like, <laughs> I see so many great ideas that have such potential that may have absolutely nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I we just invested in a company called Suniva Super Coffee, who's an alternative to, uh, Frappuccino, you know, it's got zero, it's got 80 calories, zero fat. It's a healthy alternative to Frappuccino. It's priced right, you know, it tastes really good. And the three boys, they're, 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 and they're, I call them the three, the three boys. They're all 25, 24, and 22. Like they're crushing it, they're, they're killing it. And they, they are very like minded like me. So when, when, when I tell people I invested in a coffee company and I, I've only had one cup of coffee. In my entire life, and I should never have coffee. Uh, but I, I, had, I had one cup of coffee, and I told this story before, the only cup of coffee I've ever had in my life, I digress, but it's a funny story. We closed a huge deal in Canada with Tim Hortons Donuts, and John Thompson was the guy there, great guy, he's no longer there, but we closed that deal about uh, five years ago with Tim Hortons. Just a huge deal for the company, unbelievable, and he said, do you wanna celebrate over a cup of coffee? And I'm like, sure. So I drink the coffee, tastes like shit. And I go, and he goes, how did it taste? I said, it's the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. It's <laughs> no, the only cup I ever had in my life. So, so the fact that I'm investing in a coffee company is kind of ironic because I don't drink coffee. And my team knows this. I, I, gave, I gave the coffee out to a local restaurant where I work. I think this is a great way to get it out. Like I, went to, uh, I go to this restaurant in Marlboro, New Jersey called Osteria, and I brought all the coffee there. And I gave it to everybody in the restaurant. Like, try this, eat, drink this, drink this, drink this. They're like, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know, it probably tastes like shit to me because I don't drink coffee, but I want everyone. <clears throat> we had a little test audience and everyone's like, dude, I really like it. it tastes really good, it tastes really good. I'm like, all right, it tastes good. I have got the jockeys in there. I, I know I know I can help these guys in retail because that's my background. I'm like, let's all put some money in and or let's put money in uh, from the LV group. And that was an investment we made. We're, we're, we're working on tons of these. I got another one I'd love to talk about, but I'm afraid if I talk about it, it's going to get out and somebody's going to steal it. So, I mean, we're putting deals together all the time and it's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the team over at Suniva Super Coffee, I mean, they've been longtime supporters of the podcast. We've had them on, so hearing about their story and how you resonate so well with just their entrepreneurial spirit, it's cool to hear about. I, I'm also interested, I mean, in terms of failure, we talk about that a lot on this show, and, and do you have any fear of failure? You're just like, you know what? Hey, if it happens, it happens, but I'm gonna go after it no matter what?
1: No, I really don't. Um, look, here's what happens when you run a company and do it for 13 years. You know, you you develop, you know, rhinoceros skin. I mean, you can say anything to me. Look, I'm 41 years old. I, I, I just realized I know who I am. And it took me a while, I think too, but I know who I am and I know who I'm not. So I have, I have absolutely no fear I mean, The the fact that I'm putting my face and name out there via social media for everyone to see, it's like, people are like, what if it doesn't work? I'm like, no, 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 no we're already profitable company. We're already successful company, right? Just in our first year, we're already profitable, right? I'm not worried about failing. For me, I, I think we've already succeeded. I mean, we've got television producers working on television shows for us with major networks, like cool shit. You know, why do I like that? Eyes to the brand. If I get a TV show, awesome, more eyes to the brand. If I don't, who cares? You know, people are like, no, you don't really believe that. I'm like, no, no, I really don't care. Like, I just think if we get a television show, it just it, it we crush it, right? I think of I think of uh, uh, John Taffer and Bar Rescue. He had a, he had a great um, consulting firm for nightlife. Then he gets a TV show, he blows up, and that consulting firm is, is everybody knows who they are. So it's kind of like that'd be great. But hey, if we don't get it, we don't get it, man. I'm not like this is net. We never set out a crusade. To- have a television show that came to us you know we never set out to get on the, the cover of New Jersey business magazine in November that came to us via social looking for them to, to make some changes to their viewership you know we we're not, we're not seeking it out I have no fear of failure I, you know and and I don't define success by money I define it by happiness yeah I guess I had a great exit with my last company and that's great and everyone could say that money buys happiness I can assure you with someone who has a little bit of money it does not buy happiness we still get the same problems as you have right you know I always tell people when I walk into a business meeting there, I was like, well, are you nervous? You, you, you see? I'm like, no, fuck, the meeting's gonna go great because I, I'm a real person. I bring energy to the room. If they, they may not end up buying from me or my company, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be a great meeting. And I think that people have to understand that the person sitting across the table from, what, even if they have a C in their title and they're a C-suite, they got the same problems you do, man. They got the same problems maybe with their kid, with their wife, with their friends, with their whatever, with their health. They don't, you know, nobody, you know, walks on water. You know, the minute I meet a guy who actually walks on water, then I'll be nervous. (laughs) Until until that time comes, I think we're, you know, I, I never, I always feel like everyone's my equal, whether you're, you know, the, the project manager, the CEO, the executive assistant, listen, I treat everybody with the same amount of respect and I don't give anybody more respect. And I, I, you know, we did a call the other day with, um, uh, Kevin Jonas, uh, he's got a really cool investment. And uh, they, they want me to get, get on board with our team to get on board with. And Kevin gets on and immediately I, I, I make a crack about him being a millennial from New Jersey. And you know what that does? It just sets the tone for the meeting. Like, okay, like we're all equal here. You know, and by the way, Kevin Jonas, incredibly articulate, super smart, but I, I like setting the tone being like, Hey man, you know, we're all equal here. No one here is better than the other guy, you know, and, and or, or girl. So I just think that's so important. You have to have confidence and there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. I, I exude confidence, but you know, I would hope that most people would say that I'm not arrogant. I'm just confident in my abilities.
0: Now, I appreciate your ideas around failure. I mean, during this entire journey of yours, has there been one single toughest moment or is it all just kind of part of the journey?
1: listen to, listen in 2008 when the stock market shit the bed um we had hired a cfo great guy glenn mcavoy uh because we needed one right we again i we weren't finance guys you know like you know my business partner joe was a biology major i was a political science major and then our cto you know learned his his trade in the in the air force so like we didn't really have business guys so we needed a guy to come in in 2008 when the market crashed uh we were having a party for our employees which we did every december give it back you know have a great party and uh he walks into the room before we're about to have our our friday meeting with the entire company and he says by the way going through the books you know this economy thing's really hurting us he goes we're going to be bankrupt in 4 months jesus and he's like and and i remember then having to do the meeting and then having the dinner and i was sitting with joe and Gabe, who was my CTO. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, is this, this, this is the only moment I ever felt. I said, is this the moment? Is this the last party that we're going to have with IRG? And like, you know, a couple drinks in, you know, we we're like, I was like, or one of us or probably me or probably all of us. Were like no way, man, no way. And we just, Cut our salaries completely out <laughs> and said, you know, we'll sell fund through our salaries. We're going to have to take some executives. I have to take pay cuts. I said, because I knew we were right on the cusp of something great in 08. And the fact that we were running out of money was so uh, disconcerting because I'm like, dude, we have something here. It's literally right there. And Gabe turns to me being the CEO of the company and really the chief sales guy too, right? I was the guy that came in and closed a lot of the big deals. He turns to me, he goes, well, Mike, it's on your back now. Like you got to close those huge deals. And that Q1 of 09, I remember I've never worked harder in my entire life. Not that I don't work like a dog now, but that was just, I worked like an absolute dog and, uh, you know what, we, we came out and, uh, and we flourished and we were up into the right for the next, you know, seven years. So, uh, that was a tough moment, but listen, man, I, I literally, I thought about it for like an hour, like, Oh my God, could this be it? And I'm like, I remember thinking to myself, that's not who you are. That's not who this company is. You need to make this happen. And you put it on your shoulders and you throw it all on your back and you know, you, uh, you walk up that mountain and we did.
0: I mean, this is why I wanted to have you on that show because I mean, I feel like ninety-nine percent of people in that moment they would have, they would have just caved. They would have saw their business completely going under. But you sat for an hour and then you said, "You know what? We need to work harder." And that's what I absolutely love about what you do and the passion you bring to everything you're involved with. So it's kind of cool to hear that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I, I'll tell people is this: like, one of my biggest weaknesses if it's a weakness, it can be, I think it's not, but mo- most people would think it is, is I don't celebrate wins. Right. So we would close huge deals. Uh, and we closed a huge one for the LVE consulting brand, just a huge one. And it's like, all right, like pat on the back for about, I don't know, a minute. And it's like, where's the next one? Like, what are we doing next? And and people would always say to me, Mike, you got to celebrate the, 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 wins. And I, and I I'm like, Yeah, but that's probably why I don't get down too much either. I always talk to people about, you know, you hear it, but you really, I practice what I preach. You have to be even keel, right? I mean, yeah, you can get a little up and you can get a little down, but you can never get too far low and you can never get too high. Cause when you get your, when you get too high, that's when you get, you know, that's when you make the most mistakes. You're the most vulnerable, right? When you start, you know, when you start reading your own press clippings, you've heard that in sports and are like, yo, you know, Lucio's really crushing it. He's the best. It's like, don't read that, man, because again, it goes back to my old thing. I, if I if I walked on the Hudson River and stepped on it, I am falling right to the bottom, right? I mean, I am not running across the Hudson River. I, you know, I don't walk on water, nobody else does. So don't get too high, but also don't get too low. Like shit's gonna happen, right? You're going to lose big deals. I would always say to people, you just gotta be able to look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I did everything I could humanly possible to win that deal and it just didn't go my way. And you know what, if you've done that, and you've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and, and put all the check marks where you needed to do, then you know what, it's okay. And I, and, I, and we did that, and I continue to do that, so I never get too low either.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great perspective you have on, and even in terms of your outlook on life. And I know you're a humble guy, but I wanna know, is there some skill set you know you possess that maybe from the outsider's perspective, they might not necessarily see, but you say, you know what, me having this ability really differentiates myself.
1: Yeah. What, 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 I, I, I'm a relationship guy. And I mean, like, usually I think what happens with me is, and it's genuine, right? It's, you know, I, I'm genuinely interested in people. Like it's not fake. It's not BS. Like I want to know about people when I meet them. And I think people see that and are like, wow, you know, this guy is, he's, he's a little out of his mind. And I get that. Too. I mean, I but but see, I embrace that. I mean, I embrace my personality, right? I don't hide from it. I mean, I, I think a lot of people tend to hide from their personality. I I just embrace it. And either you like me or you don't. And you know what, I'm okay either way. You know, I've got a lot of really great friends. I don't need any more friends. But if, you know, I, I meet somebody and they're good people, I mean, I know how to build relationships. And I think it's, and I've done that, you know, I talk about making it your business to know everybody. I make it my business to know everybody. And if they turn to me and are like, you know, that Luzio is just too loud. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm always going to be the loudest guy. I'm always going to be, you know, probably the most talkative. Uh, and I, you know, I, I know a little bit about everything. I'm not a subject matter expert in in, in one thing. I, I I pride myself on knowing a little bit about everything: politics, sports, you know, shit that's going on in the world. And I think if you have that, you have the ability to have any conversation with anyone at any given time. And I it's it's big for me. And that that's that's that that's what that's what. That's what got me where I am. You know, Embracing my personality is what is, is what got me where I'm at today.
0: Does that ever come up as a fear of yours, not being a subject matter expert? I know a lot of people are talking about kind of trends moving forward and you really have to identify your specific niche. Do, I mean, does that resonate at all? Or are you like, nope, I can have any conversation. I can take any business to the next level. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, I'm not a guy who thinks in terms of, hey, what are the roadblocks? I mean, certainly, man, I'm going to map out a business and look at it on a whiteboard and go, why is this thing not able to scale? Like, of course, I don't look at every business and say this thing's thing's got legs. If I did, I'd be investing in 50 companies. You know, we're looking to strategically invest in 18 and maybe four, maybe five companies, right? And we'll look at, I don't know, 400, you know, give or take companies. And, you know, I, I just, it's never... Now, man, I never I don't have a fear of failing. I just don't. And look, and I have failed many, many, many times in my career. But because I don't get low, you know, and I also don't get too high. It just I just kind of keep going. You know, I I fail all the time, man. I make mistakes all the time. I make plenty of mistakes in my personal life. I made plenty of mistakes in my professional life, but I'm grounded. I know who I am. I know. I, I know. I just feel like I know exactly who I am at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned 2018. You guys are going to be identifying a ton of different companies, only selecting a handful. You yeah. got some new things launching. What are you most looking forward to in 2018?
1: You know, just just watching this thing grow. You know, we just just watching. You know, we really have had a a good Friday. Uh, on Friday, we we signed uh, something that needed to get done. I, won't, I can't get into too much of the details, but it really helps uh, release me a little bit from some of the some of the constraints that I had to grow the business, not the investing side, but the consulting side. And it's going to be Epic. I'm looking forward to, to watching that thing grow. Like the, the, the consulting that we're doing, we we've done some, but we had to do it on a limited basis. And I, I won't get into all the legalities of that, but now on Friday, we're able to kind of go out and do what we want to do. And it's going to be awesome, man. And, and you know, so I'm looking forward to that. Right. I mean, people always say, hey, are you looking forward to potentially having a television show? And then really, the answer is no. But I'm going to treat that in the same way I do any business. I, if I if I want it, I'm going to go after it. If I don't get it, that's OK. I'm going to be able to look in the mirror and say, crossed every T, dotted every I, marked you know, every checkbox. And, you know, what? It just didn't work out. It's OK. No big deal. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to I was put on the University of Maryland. Uh, board of trustees in uh, seven two 2017 in, in the fourth quarter and the youngest guy on that board. It's awesome, man. I'm making ridiculous connections with unbelievable people. And I'm giving back to my university that my both my wife and I went to. And there's nothing more pleasing to that. We're working with the university. Maryland's got a low social media handle. And I noticed that we identified that as a team. And it's like, well, we're going to watch these guys grow. We're going to, you know, put a, a class down at the University of Maryland social media, man. It's like, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very, very positive outlook guy. I don't, I try not to dwell on the negative, even though negative does happen, but you know, just growing the consulting side, doing some cool stuff with Maryland, investing in some great businesses. I got one that is epic, man. I know it's going to be awesome. And it's like, I can't talk about it, but if I can figure out how to get this one the way I want it, and I think I kind of have figured it out. Uh, it's going to be really cool, you know. Not, and my name's not anywhere on it. I'm just kind of behind the scenes, providing capital and helping steer the ship because these are, you know, these are individuals who aren't entrepreneurs, and I am. And you know, it's fun stuff, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about a jam packed 2018. Holy shit! I mean, you guys have a ton going on over there. I mean, how do you balance everything you have going on, but at the same time, staying ahead of curves and consuming new knowledge, being in, in the forefront of social media trends, things like that? How do you balance
1: all that? Well, I think, I think, you know, it, it goes to the same thing that we talked about uh, earlier. It's like you've got to surround yourself with uh, like-minded individuals who have certain skill sets that are better than yours, right? So, you know, with my business partner, Chris, if you put us in a room, we're great friends, but we're completely polar opposites, right? And uh, even in my old life, Joe, who was really my – who was the COO and my business partner, we were, we were really opposites. I mean, but we got along – famously, but Chris is so incredibly analytical, creative, smart, in and, and ways that I'm not. You know, even Dan Dan Russo, who's on our team, who's our, you know, resident millennial, right? I, he's 23 years old, he understands social media certainly more than I do, he's he's really, really smart in certain areas, and I, I don't have the patience that he has to do these things. I think how you balance it is you find the right people to compliment you. I mean, I'm always gonna be the face Right. Just, and that's not because I am want to be the face. It's just that's how I am. I walk in a room, I take over a room and I'm not trying to take over the room. It just kind of happens. Right. So surround myself with like minded individuals, have the same goal. We're all rowing the same way on that boat. And and, and and we're just getting after it. So I think doing that, but look, I, you know, there's also, my family's important to me as well. Like, you know, I've got three kids, right? I coach a couple of their teams, you know, I coach the football team for my son, you know, making sure I make time for them, making sure that, you know, I'm around seeing them. And, and like tomorrow we we got a was Wednesday, Monday or Tuesday, Monday and Wednesday, we have a, we had a, a thing we had to do in New Jersey, uh, business Institute association in Trenton and i I realized that my daughter has a play at school I'm never gonna miss any of that stuff like I'm at everything like and these guys know and these my my team knows that listen if, if there's a if there's something with my family I'm never gonna miss I'm never gonna miss a game i'm never gonna you know I'm never gonna miss a play I'm never gonna miss any of that stuff so you have to make sure that there is a work uh, life balance uh you know the guy who's grinding or, or the woman who's grinding you know, 24/7, 365. Man, I don't know. That's not, yeah, that's me. But listen, my family is incredibly important to me, and making sure my kids see their dad growing up. Uh, so I'm I'm home all the time, and uh, I'm always you know hanging out with them. Like yesterday, uh, you know, we were home and we we uh, you know we played pool in the basement and shuffleboard. I've got a kind of a kickass basement, and uh, you know, just you know watch sports, watch the NCAA with my my son and, and my daughters and, you know, my family. So it was like, that was what I did. So you gotta have that work-life balance as well.
0: Man, Mike, I mean, that last five minutes was absolute gold. I, I don't know if there's anything more important in those last five minutes for a listeners to take away today. How can they stay connected with you? We're gonna make sure this episode releases on April 8th uh, to kind of be aligned with everything that you're releasing on the 9th. So where should we direct everyone?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can find me uh, Instagram at Michael Luzio. Uh, got a really growing uh, base there. You can find us on Facebook, Lucio versus everybody. You know, we just started kind of cracking the YouTube thing, uh, Lucio versus everybody. Uh, and again, that that uh, and you know, connect up with me on LinkedIn. You know, I mean, I'm a relationship guy. You know, you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, Mike Lucio or Michael Lucio uh, on LinkedIn. I, I'm posting. We're posting all the time. You know, just little. I got all these little things in my head that I kind of want to get out and like, cause my brain just wants to tell people like uh, when I did bring a pen and paper to a meeting and everyone's like, that's silly. And I'm like, but 185 people looked at it and 75 liked it. And they're like, holy shit, you're right. You got to bring a pen and paper to a meeting. It's like, don't show up unprepared. So check me out, man. I mean, you know, I'm coming out, I'm coming hard, man. So (laughs) it's going to be interesting. I think 19 is going to be epic, but we'll see. No,
0: we'll definitely get all that linked up. But man, Mike, thanks again for bringing the fire today.
1: Yeah, you got it, man. I appreciate you taking
0: the time, too. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack, perfect before a workout or study session. Their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their Cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you two as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods, or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all wanna look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to DSTLD.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What got you there with Shonda
1: Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shondalini? Uh What
0: got you there what got, you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got you there. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.